Good day. You are listening to the 121st edition of Free City Radio. I'm your host, Stefan Christoph in Montreal. On the program today, I'm going to be featuring a conversation I had with Sonia Kiramat Ali, who is a housing rights activist based in Park Extension in Montreal. Sonia has long worked with the organization CAPE, which is the Committee d'Action Park Extension. It does frontline support work for low-income residents of the largely immigrant neighborhood in Montreal, where a lot of people are facing rising rents and also the realities of precarious work. It's a community where we see a lot of intersections of social and economic violence that face immigrant communities. Sonia and um, local activists in Park Extension have been organizing to draw attention to the rising reality of gentrification and the ways that particularly immigrant communities are being priced out of a neighborhood. In the recent years, uh, University of Montreal worked to build this campus within the outskirts of Park Extension that a lot of community groups protested and opposed. That has had a detrimental impact on low-income immigrant families in the neighborhood who are being priced out in that context. Um, I had the chance to speak with Sonia about ParkX, but also to think about the broader reality of the housing crisis in Montreal that is impacting not just Park Extension, but more broadly the city. It's part of a series of interviews that I'm doing with housing activists in Montreal here on Free City Radio. Thank you for listening, and I'll just leave it at that. This is my conversation with Sonia Kermat Ali of the Committee d'Action Park Extension. So, Sonia, just first um, introduce yourself and share with us what is uh, Committee d'Action Park Extension, please. Okay. First of all, thank you so much. Thanks, Stefan. Thank uh, uh, my name is Sonia Kermat Ali. I work with Action Committee of Park Extension since 2015. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, basically the, prin- the principal mandate of our organization that we are a housing committee. We are a committee in defense of tenants' rights. And this this uh, committee, this group was formed back in 1986, when you know, like some like-minded people, some kind of uh, people who were really who had a kind of a passion or the concern for the neighborhood, they came together to address the poverty of the of the neighborhood, and then and basically to address and to better you know like uh, contribute and facilitate the development project in the neighborhood so it was formed in November 1986 mm. and since then uh, the committee got more engaged in defending tenants rights and uh, we are doing it uh, till to date yeah when people think about major cities in Canada they would know clearly now today that Toronto and Vancouver are so expensive and when thinking about the reality in Montreal there is a number of neighborhoods that are really facing a lot of violence when it comes to real estate capital and investments and this monster in a lot of ways. There's some regulation in Quebec uh, but still many developers are finding shortcuts and schemes to pass through these regulations. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is when we talk about how Park X is changing today and you talked about the origins of CAPE as being a committee founded to defend the neighborhood and sort of take into consideration the interests of people in the neighborhood. When we think about Park X today and gentrification and the changes, 
How, from your experience doing frontline work and discussions with families, a lot of families who are facing the reality of rising rents, how how is this affecting these families? Um, because we hear politicians talking about gentrification a lot, but not often people really affected, especially when there's linguistic barriers. Well, uh, first of all, I would say that, of course, you know, like uh, many first world cities, uh, Montreal is also facing this, you know, the issue of gentrification. And, uh, and of course, we are, we are facing, you know, we are feeling the, this uh, impact of gentrification in the, in, uh, in the neighborhood of Park Extension as well. Because, you know, the, the, the point is that the, the neighborhood from the surrounding neighborhood of Park Extension, they are also, uh, though uh, historically we are, you know, we are the neighbor of the TMR, the, uh, the most uh, richest uh, neighborhood in Quebec. In the municipality, yeah, we are, you know, we were anyways, we were at the border of two very expensive municipalities of Uthruma and the TMR. And then in the same time, what actually happened in, you know, like in my land and, you know, and, and Villery, especially with the arrival of Ubisoft in my, in my land. So, uh, of course, you know, like, uh, and given that, you know, the neighbor, uh, the park extension is quite well connected through the transport, uh, public transport, the public transit. So we, we could see that, you know, like some developers, they were very quick to, uh, you know, to identify the block as a potential. But in the same time, I would say it's, it's a bit complex it's not just the developer who are you know like mm -hmm. uh, contributing in the gentrification of the neighborhood the first of all it was you know like the the worst uh, impact was because of the con this construction of the campus mill which i would say that it's you know like uh, building a university campus just at the border of a working class neighborhood was uh, such a kind of a blunder and a kind of a failed you know like a policy of uh, mm -hmm. urban uh, urbanism so uh, it was not, you know, like the human aspect was not considered. We mm -hmm. could see, in since the, you know, like the idea was floated starting 2011, there was a, such a great mobilization and there was a public consul consultation and it's, it's, it's a bit bit, you know, it feels so disappointing and tiring as well. People have put, you know, lots of efforts to, to tell them, you know, that, uh, you know, like the, the consequences and at the end of the day in this uh, this uh, uh, plan of Pedeus, uh, they had promised that at least they will, you know, like there will be 225 social housing units. You know, it was With a the, promise. The University of Montreal uh, student housing and the whole construction? Uh, no, uh, like apart from, you know, okay. this campus mill, okay. there, there, there was a promise that there would be a construction of 225 social housing units okay. in Park X. And from uh, the Quebec government? Uh, from uh, sorry, but it was in the Pedeus plan. The say the borough was the uh, very much as a okay, partner, and you yeah. know, like so. Um, uh, and of course, money had to come from the provincial assembly, from the Quebec government. But what actually happened that you know, after a while, this promise was broken, and they they never basically the site which was identified first as a potential site for the social housing, it, it went in the you know to uh, to the private developer because we know we are in a world where individuals are richer than the governments. So the, this the city had excuse that you know this site is so expensive. First, it was only just the 
the price of the uh, land, then it says that it, it needs to, you know, the, con the contamination cost was so high. So at the end of the day, city was not able to f uh, buy this, uh, you know, land, but uh, this project uh, group Moltoni, they were, they had, the, you know, enough resources. And now when we go there, we can see that, you know, this uh, high rise uh, condos in the neighborhood, they have already, you know, like a and uh, this uh, they contributed you know like the the increase rent uh, tendency in the neighborhood so the, you know like the private developers and then this uh, uh, construction of campus mill that that was f one factor but in the same time it's you know it's the current owner it's the, it's the local owner also who are basically taking advantage of the absence of rent control so it you know like not right now if we see that the biggest issue which has you know like a more visible in in the neighborhood is like a, a abusive rent increase and evictions wow. okay so and uh, at the end of the day when we see why is happening what the you know what the working class co families have been facing and uh, you know like feeling in terms of abusive rent increase and evictions and this you know this uh, instability or in, in uh, this helplessness in front of in this situation and especially this you know like a kind of a very perpetual precarity in you know a, a housing precarity sure. so it's 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 more you know like uh, we we see that it's the same owner which is which are, who are basically taking advantage of you know like this uh, all these weaknesses in the system so the government promised social housing units it didn't happen. The land was given to private developers. A lot of local groups were opposing, including CAPE, the construction of the university campus. So then there's the local owners. And I think often people might get confused around this issue. You know, they think, oh, well, you know, it's a family that owns a building and, you know, it can't be, um, you know, as bad as a big company, for example. But in ParkX, we're seeing uh, this many cases from what I, I've heard, you know, and you're working directly with these families or renters experiencing this, where because of all these bigger situations, like the development of the campus, the high-rise towers, local owners are saying, oh, well, I can boost the rent three times as much. And, mm -hmm. but for like a family, this is maybe impossible in many situations. Well, of course, you know, like we see that in the neighborhood there are still, you know, like the families, the poor families who are either on welfare or even if they work, so that is another thing that, you know, like given, you know, that the current minimum wage, we, we know that it's not a living decent wage. Mm -hmm. So, and it, that is another injustice to them that these, you know, like working class families, these these workers, they are, they are really, you know, like giving their energy, their labor, to the you know to the factories and the, but in the same time you know the uh, we know the statistics tell us that they are they work but they are working poor because with, uh, the minimum wage they are earning it's not enough yes. so and so it, it shows that you know like nothing has been changed in terms of their financial situation but the rent prices have already got doubled you know I would say and it's it's crazy so and in the same time most of the time these uh, they are immigrants families they don't even know their rights around their you know like uh, regarding their rights uh, and uh, obligations so and of course you know the way 
these arrogant and ignorant owners the, the way they they intimidate them the, the way they treat them you know so uh, uh, most of the time they, they think that okay if the landlord is saying something we have to you know like uh, respect because it's his property but and what is the you know for me the, the most disappointing thing is that in canada at least we know that you know like these tenants rights are above ownership's rights you know but uh, because of this uh, lack of awareness and you know absence of the information sometimes you know like uh, tenants they don't even contest what their demands sometimes they don't even you know owner doesn't even take pain to to send re- real formal notices you know mm-hmm. and uh, they even they you know they the tenants poor tenants they take their verbal commands and their verbal demands so seriously mm-hmm. and if they if they mm-hmm. leave the place at first place of course here we can't do much but in the same time we know that all these evictions notices they are uh, they can contest them and you know even if they use the proper model it brings you know the entire information together but, but mm-hmm. it's in english or in french and nor- most of the time owner they are so ignorant that they don't even want to send the proper notices neither wow well yeah i mean if you're talking about a family whose primary language is bengali or urdu or hindi or even like old greek people a yeah. few mm-hmm. um it's impossible like the idea that the Régie du Logement in Quebec mm-hmm. has uh, access, but how to deal with that access yeah. if you don't know the language. So so y- the organization you work with, mm-hmm. Committee d'Action Park mm-hmm. Extension, um, you sort of deal with these larger questions about how is gentrification affecting the neighborhood, but you're also doing support work for families. Um, so could you talk about why it's important um, that you're both doing support work, but also doing that work while thinking about and taking action on the larger question. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks uh, for asking this question, Stefan. Um, well, first of all, uh, as I uh, told you, that we are a, a committee in defense of tenants' rights. We offer, you know, we at our committee, we basically we apply two kinds of strategies. We offer individual, you know, uh, accompaniment. We individual services. We we receive tenants. We we listen to them. We listen their problems. We inform them regarding their rights and obligations, and then we accompany them, whatever steps they are willing to take, whatever it takes. And then uh, so here and here we see that most of the time, normally, you know, though uh, that that is another frustrating thing. Though the housing is such a pr- primary thing, that such a basic thing, and which of course we all know that you know uh, under this national and international declaration it has been established as a you know a basic fundamental right but unfortunately it's not respecting you know n- nowhere and it's it's the reality here even in quebec and canada so the, the, the thing which is so basic but somehow given their you know immigrant status giving their financial status they are you know they are there is a tendency that they try they they are just you know like uh, trying to adjust with the reality and you know even if it is regarding their bed housing conditions or rents and everything because to begin with in their because in the in the neighborhood you know still uh, a kind of a, a good majority is that who are basically low income families and who are on the waiting list for the social housing mm-hmm. in their mind that one day they will get some you know social housing 
and let me tell you this this time this uh, this wait is sometimes even longer to their to their life you know and as i mentioned that you know like since 2015 there hasn't been done and there hasn't been much uh, social housing which was added you know in the neighborhood so they are on the waiting list a very perpetual kind of a waiting list wow. so sometimes you know while waiting there is a tendency that they accept things okay then there is a group of uh, immigrants who are basically uh, who are new arrival and, uh, and this this and, uh, another you know like a kind of a uh, hindrance i would say that they are uh, refugee claimants most mm -hmm. of the time they, you know like uh, new immigrants new tenants in the neighborhood they have they are with you know with they have precarious immigration status so they are so preoccupied you know with other concerns so they don't want to go in any fight for them because uh, as we know that generally owners are not collaborative so it's, it's a it's a fight okay so they don't want to go in, into it but here the like and it that shows you know where the, the point where we are standing today in this especially in the neighborhood of park extension that the situation uh, in terms of housing conditions in in terms of expensive rent it has become really you know it has it has come to a point that now tenants have no choice but to revolt or to contest that is you know that is something which gives a kind of a hope as well so when they come to our uh, committee we we accompany them we inform them and in the same time when we see you know kind of some kind of a tendency in some blocks we do collective mobilization mm -hmm. so so and it's starting 2018 i would say uh when we uh, when we did this uh, uh, you know like a collective mobilization on a large scale in the in the 18 block of a notorious administration in the neighborhood uh, it that was a turning point and that was something which really you know uh, which uh, which set an example i would say yeah and then uh, after that we we have quite a few you know like a success uh, examples in the neighborhood but uh, in the same time you know we we are we are seeing that you know like the this um, the uh, we have come to a situation when this you know this when this uh, uh, ignorance and negligence has brought you know this block to a point where basically owners are taking advantage of you know like system is working in favor of them they ignored those uh, blocks uh, so long that at the end of the day city inspector comes and they ask to evacuate the building and then this eviction at the end of the day it 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 goes in in of course in in the favor of owner because after the renovation they are able to you know like a double so they're uh, ignoring the building i it's it's it seems quite you know it's it's clear it seems that they are ignoring it purposely yeah and in this situation is you know like uh, here it, it's 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 getting more complex there will be more and more evictions and when we are talking today it's it's uh, you know like it's it's really frustrating that we are fighting evictions in private park and just you know like 3 days ago like uh, last weekend we have got a news that there will be a big evic you know evictions uh, in in the in the I, i i'm not 100% sure but in the biggest block of the uh, uh, municipal housing uh where of uh, of a senior citizen the habitation jean wale uh, where where we there are 60 around 62 to 64 social housing units for 
for the senior citizens and uh, these tenants they have got this uh, you know like a notice from the administration that they need to leave their apartment by october 2022 so we were talking about the negligence you know in the private park and the evictions you know the instability uh, you know uh, 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 this instable condition uh, around something you know around housing which is so basic so uh, we we are fighting against them and here we when we get these kinds of news you know in the municipal uh, uh, you know like uh, that tells you know that this the, the the precarity of housing in montreal in canada and the this long you know like negligence by the all the three layers of the government you know where they were really failed to ensure housing as a as a as a right sonia thank you Welcome. That was a conversation with Sonia Kiramat Ali, who is a community organizer with CAPE, the Community d'Action Park Extension, uh, which is a community group in Park X uh, of Montreal that works consistently to organize against the rising realities of gentrification within that neighborhood and how that's directly impacting immigrant families, low-income families, South Asian families particularly, but also other uh, communities that live in Park X, including a long-standing Greek community. This is part of an interview series that I've been working on where I talk with housing rights activists in different parts of Montreal about the realities of gentrification in the city. This is a phenomenon that is not just specific to Montreal, but is taking place in major cities across North America. So this is part of a collaboration I'm doing with sound artists here in Montreal and I will continue to share information about that. Free City Radio's archives are at soundcloud.com slash freecityradio. We broadcast on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal, on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. on CJLO 1690 a.m. also in GeoGiage in Montreal, on CFRC Radio in Kingston, Ontario on Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. and on CKUW at 8 a.m. on Tuesdays in Winnipeg at 95.1 FM in Winnipeg, Treaty 1 territory of the Métis Nation. I'll go out today with a bit of music from the artist Aidan Gert, who is a musician playing with Godspeed You Black Emperor and has been doing a lot of excellent solo music throughout the pandemic. So here's the track from Aidan and I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.